0: Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball, beautiful Thursday morning, April 29th, 2021. It is Tristan Happy Cockroft. The H does stand for happy. Kyle Soppy, I don't know his middle name, producers and researchers, and I am merely Eric Carabell here to make things it's, run smoothly. Chatwood's his middle name. We know this. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Ty, is Chatwood or Tyler your middle name? Is that, that that cause for your unhealthy love of Toronto's relief pitcher?
1: It's not, but the irony change. here is that my middle name, <laughs> my middle name does start with an H. So I guess Eric's the odd man out here.
0: Yeah, my middle name doesn't start with
2: H. <laughs> to legally change it; it's no problem. You know, hopeful Harper oh, is your middle okay. name. Hope Eric Harper Carabel.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too go. happy last night. Uh, okay. So, uh, hopefully Bryce will be okay. Last show of April. What's the big story in fantasy? We'll get to that. Although Tristan doesn't know about it. So I just said it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll give him some time to, to think about the The big story in fantasy for this month. Cause our next show will be in May. We'll also talk about the, uh, great young hitters on the rise, Toronto, Minnesota, starting pitchers to watch this weekend. Unfortunate injuries, trivia hash browns. Tristan, is there one overriding story? You know, I mean, it seems like every time Jake DeGrom pitches, that's the story, and he's amazing, and he's got a losing record. But, like, that's not the biggest story in fantasy. It could be Vlad. It could be Yerman Mercedes. It could be... You tell me. What's the biggest story in fantasy so far after, I don't know, four weeks or so?
2: Any of those are good choices, but the one you didn't mention, which I'm going to presume it is, is the guy who leads all hitters with 2.1 war this year, and I think you know who that name is.
0: I assume that's Acuna.
2: No. Buxton or Donnie?
0: Yeah, it's Byron Buxton. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. I mean, ahead of Trout, ahead of Trout's 1.8. Let me ask you this because I don't think we doubted six weeks ago that Buxton could be great. I just think we doubted his health. That's not changed, right? I mean, like, it's four weeks into the season of a 25 week season, and people say, well, why aren't you ranking him number five? Well, because the same concern we had. Six weeks ago, about him, and now that we have about Fernando Tatis are still there. That's why we don't rank Baron Buxton in our top 10. If we thought he could stay healthy for 500 plate appearances, which I don't think he's ever done, then we would rank him in the top 10, would we not?
2: Yes. At this level of performance with the promise of health, or at least a history that justifies 150 plus games, he probably with this skill set makes it a, a challenge for, let's say, the 15 teamers first round, top 15 overall. The problem is that the history is terrifying. And the other is I I, I kind of wanted him to come up today because we are, as a fantasy community, celebrating what he's done over 23 Twins games. So I'm going to give you 29 Twins games that he played with numbers like this. Nine homers, 22 RBI, a 287 batting average, 266 isolated power, and 17 extra base hits. Do
0: you know what those are? What was that, two September's ago?
2: That was 2016 September.
0: Yeah. For Byron Buxton.
2: And in between then, he's played 294 of
0: 546 Twins games. That's 54%. So, but the general point here is nothing has changed, right? I mean, more power than we thought. I think that's safe to say. That's changed. That has changed. That has changed. But like, that changed changed last year. In terms of durability concerns that we had for Buxton and we have for Tatis, I got a tweet yesterday. What is wrong with you? How can you rank Tatis not in the top 10? And the reason is because I'm still concerned he's not going to play 150 games and you are too. Mm -hmm. So that's why we don't rank him number three overall, the way his statistics might, might say we should. You know, with Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who looks to me like Freddie Freeman from the right side. I mean, he is more walks and strikeouts, tons of power. He's lifting it. He's hitting everything hard. He is. I moved him up to, like, number 25 in my rankings, and that's not even good enough. He's better than that. If we were redrafting today, he'd be going second round. But we don't have concerns about durability with Vlad. And with Buxton and Tatis, we do. That's the difference right now. That's only it. But that said, I moved Buxton up to, like, 50. But
2: Yeah, and I did move him up a substantial amount. I think I had him about 60, maybe 65. And my big hesitation – well, actually, there are a couple more hesitations than just the injury. He's I mean, the guy running. doesn't walk.
0: you doesn't the guy walk does not he doesn't walk at all, and he doesn't he steal bases. In
2: that September, by the way, he had ten walks in that September. What does he have so far this year? Not, not ten. <laughs> um, he, he, yeah, you're right. He's not stealing bases. The other thing too, Buxton. The reason I celebrate him is besides the defense, which feels playing time when he's healthy, is his speed metrics are through the roof, but they are starting to come down from league leading. He actually is below thirty feet per second cast sprint speed. That's the first time in his career he's done that, and it's not any sort of catastrophe. 20, what is it? Twenty nine 29.4 nine four is still an excellent, excellent number, ninety eighth percentile. But he's a little slower than he was two years ago.
0: You know, he's not striking out. Twenty percent K rate is fine. Everybody sure, does that. Sure. Yep. So like he has, he, he's become a different player. If he just would stop running into walls or hurting his hamstring, I mean, like right now. We're under ranking him 50, 60, whatever we are. This could be a top 10 player. If we said name, you know, Vlad could be a top 10 player if it's 330 with 40 home runs and Buxton, Bucks Bucks is slugging 938. I mean, that's just, why are pitchers even throwing him strikes? I, I don't understand that. Like we're spending a lot of time on this topic, but the it's big is stories- It's an
2: important one because frankly, we can't win with a player like this because if he stays healthy for 160, which I mean, mo- most players aren't going to do that. If he stays healthy for 150, you're right. That's where he'll probably end up. But if he gets injured in 10 days, everybody is going to say, told you so. Yeah. I'm not here to say, told you so. I'm just no, here to say that I mean, he's, you're, I'm with you. He has made improvements. He has added power to his game. That was a missing ingredient a couple of years ago, but he is still impatient and he needs to run a little bit more
0: and he's so got to stay healthy. I would say the fantasy MVP so far is Byron Buxton. He, he cause he was not drafted in the first 10 rounds of most leagues. And Acuna was drafted one, two, or three. He's the number one guy on the Player Raider. Jake DeGrom is number two on the Player Raider. He was a first-round pick in every league. Whip Merrifield, okay, round three or four. Glass now. Otani, big surprise. He's a big story of the season. Um, Vlad is in the top ten. But, yeah, I think the MVP so far would have to be Byron Buxton. Okay, right? Yeah, that's it.
2: I Yeah, I mean, there are there, some... You have mentioned most of the candidates there. I mean, Nick Solak surprised me in the top ten. Um, v- Vlad, do you want to get into Vlad? Vlad's
0: another. I am all oh, legit, man. It's I, and I, I kind of said this back in in early March, but I didn't expect this. Like this is this is a mantra. This is what we expected a year or two ago, right? This is a fan- This is a top ten player. Tell me it's not. He needs to extend what has been effectively
2: 25 Blue Jays. I don't know the exact numbers, probably 23, 24 Blue Jays games over a full 162. But he is doing what I would liken to Christian Yellich's improvements when he went to Milwaukee. And that is most notably, he's keeping the hard contact and he's not hitting grounders. Grounder rate is now 45, uh, 44%. And it was over 50 each of the first two seasons. That was a huge ingredient to him being an MVP candidate. I wrote that in one of the columns in
0: the preseason. So far, so good. Uh, Look, he he lost a lot of weight. He looks a lot better. He looks better in the field. It's just, I, all right. I mean, I don't want to guess on over-unders here, but I mean, like, we don't expect Buckson to play 140. We we expect Vlad to. Is Is Vlad going to end up with Freddie Freeman numbers? I think he can. I like that comp. And I feel similarly about the two of them in
2: terms of the playing time and durability, that there's a hint of worry with each of them, but nothing that I'm going to make any sort of rash adjustments to rankings. I kind of like that. Hits for average, hits for power, probably is not going to lead the league in either category, but has the ability to if everything clicks. And so far it's clicked.
0: All right, let's get to some other names here. Um, I always like to look at the most added drop list and see if there's anything interesting there that the fantasy managers are doing. Adolos Garcia, who you wrote about earlier this week, Carson Kelly, you also wrote about him. I don't think you've written about Alex Wood, but he looked really good yesterday. Jesus Aguilar, that's the power he had in Milwaukee that one season. Jesse Winker, our old fantasy football friend from Buffalo, um, he's hitting a lot, hitting for a lot of power, and he's hitting against lefties. Like he, he is a. Great hitter now, leadoff hitter. Like he could be a 30 hundred guy if he just batted him third instead of you know wherever they bat Vado. Like Jesse Winkers is legit. I, I would add, I mean, Winkers up to 93% rostered, but Christian Javier, how do you explain that? We we had concerns about him, um, his numbers last season being like small sample, Fip was a lot higher than his ERA, through one pitch. He's not giving up anything. And we weren't even sure he was gonna be in the rotation. Houston kept saying he might be in the bullpen because they had all these options. Mm-hmm. Christian Javier has been fantastic so far. Uh, he He's, needs to be added.
2: Yeah, he, he certainly has. And the fact that they did that, do that whole demotion because of the off days was another signal of people that they didn't have a full commitment to him. I think it was more just an innings management thing. Um, I, I actually was less worried about his metrics and I was concerned about the almost the entirety of the Astros rotation entering the year. More so about Framber Valdez before the injury than I was about Javier. Javier... Had that breakthrough year. I think it was 2019. I could be mistaken here for 2018 in uh, class A ball. And a lot of the adjustments he made then carried over, over the next two years as he progressed to each successive level. I liked what I saw last year. I just didn't think he'd give you the volume or that high level performance again over a full 162. And maybe he still won't, but I'm with you. He's got to be rostered everywhere.
0: Let me ask you on the other side here. Okay. And this is not as fun, much fun. Some pitchers that are just, Getting torched here. Okay. Kenton Maeda. Um, my labor team has Patrick Corbin, Zach Davies, and Kyle Hendricks. I'm basically punting ERA and whip, and I'm in third place somehow, um, because of good offense. What do you do? What do you do with players like Maeda? Now you say just you could say just drop Zach Davies, but nobody's dropping Kyle Hendricks. Nobody's dropping Maeda. And Corbin, they are, but maybe they shouldn't. Um, when you have established starting pitchers that are pitching this poorly, I think. Especially if you have more than one of them, you have to wait because that's the best way to, to save your array is to, these guys to turn it around. And if you dump one or two and there's three or four getting pounded, it's not, not going to help. What do you do? So I
2: typically, if they were draft-worthy candidates, like all the names you mentioned except possibly Davies, and that's in a mixed league – I tend to bench them and put them in that heavy matchups homework class. And there's a group that you're going to lock in. You don't have to do the work on, but this is the group that you then need to analyze each matchup, what their performances are and what the pitch selection that they're offering is Corbin's. We've discussed what's wrong with him. He doesn't seem to have command from start to start at waivers a lot. So I'm going to pick teams that strike out a lot, deal poorly with breaking pitches. And I'm just going to try to avoid like in your case, I understand it in labor. You can't bench these guys. It's a, it's, it's a, Big conundrum. And if you let them go, somebody else is going to pick them up. But in our game, you have the ability to shove them off to your bench, you know, see if they work it out. If their velocity drops, if the spin rate on sliders, curveballs, etc., goes down, if uh, if the break on those pitches declines, if you see something tangible, then you can freely let them go. I'm not seeing anything extreme yet for these guys, other than Corbin. I am a little concerned about Davis because he doesn't miss bats. I mean you have to be
0: two. I of course. is Babbitt right now is three eighty-eight. Um it's not like he's walking people. I think when I last looked his velocity was the same. He was just getting a little bit unlucky. And if you've got Kenta Maeda, you can't drop him. I you, you shouldn't drop him. He's on the most drop list, of course, because everybody's impatient. But be careful, people.
2: The streaming I, I, thing. That's that's people going heavy on the streaming strategy.
0: All right. Um Let's move it along. Some injuries here to discuss. So Toronto says when Hyunjin Ryu leaves with a right glute strain that he will make his next start, and then the next day they announce he's on the injured list. Yeah, like everything these teams say, you can't trust it. But it's, it sounds like he might only miss, might be like Lance Lynn. Misses like one start, two start, not a big deal here. is really good. I mean, he's as good as he was in his Dodger days. Ever, all his numbers match up, so try to keep him around. Um, Jazz Chisholm, I wrote about him a little today in the Rookie Report keep him around. I think he's going to end up, he could hit like 220 the rest of the year because that K rate is 30%. But that's like a 20 homer, 25 steel guy, legitimately. Jazz Chisholm is really good. He's not going to ha- have a high on base, but if Miami would just lead him off, let him hit his power and run with a 320 on base, that's a that's a really good player. Yeah, you know, I would keep him around. It sounds like that might only be 10 days.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, in, in each of these cases, the injury I mean, you know, obviously the absence bugs me from an, even after the return perspective. I mean, it does a little with Ryu just because injury history. That's it. He's been great. I agree with you. Chisholm. I really hate to see a player get injured at a time that he's performing so well when the nature of his game is risk-reward because the last thing we need is now he gets activated and he's in a slump, then everybody's going to start questioning his raw ability. So I I really hope that people are patient, that if he does miss 10 days, that they keep him around. I've picked up a couple shares. I'm happy with them. I'm with you. You can't cut him. But I won't be surprised if he slumps initially when he comes back.
0: Half my labor offense is on the injured list, Yachty Molina, Chisholm, Brett Anderson, Brian, not Brett, Brian Anderson, Starling Marte. I can't add guys. I like, I, tr- I got outbid for like Darren Ruff and Nick Matan, So I'm not even going to do anything like y- y- to add guys, you know, for like a week or so and spend money. It just seems like a waste to me, especially if yeah. they're not going to play. Like no
2: zero dollar bids there, people. No zero. Like you yeah. can't get
0: Brad Miller. Like people in ESPN leagues, Tristan, have full benches because of all these injured players. Yeah. And they don't know what to do, which is why I think they're dropping Maeda and Kyle yep. Hendricks, because uh-huh. they, they don't have the room. And we've also told them you need the roster, Jared Kelnick, Wander Franco, and, you know, other guys and, and rookies like that, Mackenzie Gore, in case they get. And my theory is they get called up in mid to late May after they've had a couple of weeks of AAA games. And then the guy I wrote about today, Shane McClanahan, which we'll get to in a minute. Yep. Um, it's just they don't have deep enough benches to handle. And then Jordan Alvarez goes on the injured list for, which might be for a day. That's an odd one. That's the second time. Now he's fallen on what, what I presume is the COVID protocols injured list. Right. And he might, that might be for one day. That's not 10 days. It might be three weeks. It might be three hours. Right. So like, don't get, there's a, there's two different injured lists people. So like when one guy goes on for that, or an undis- undisclosed reason, like you know, Jazz Chisholm is out a week and a half. Yeah, if they have a
2: designation for the injury, it is not the COVID injured list, and that is a ten day minimum. If there is no designation, then there is question about it, and there is not a minimum for that. That's why we got the one days of guys like Greg Holland, for example. Garrett Cooper was one from the vaccine. Hey, it's a combo meal. De-de-de-de-de-de-de. Combo, combo. De-de-de-de-de-de-de. It's a combo meal home run plus steal.
0: And really, one of these days, Kyle, you got to video of him dancing around and pointing his fingers and then just tweet it out. <laughs> like that's just crazy what he's doing there. And I I I laugh. I mean, I'm I'm kind of listening to the song, but I'm I'm more watching him dance around his basement singing this song and pointing his fingers like they're <laughs> little like arrows and rocket ships. Uh moving on here. The actual combo meals, which is not not as exciting as the song, Corey Seeger. Uh, his first combo mill since September 2015. How about that? He's a great player. He's going to, he, man, that guy's getting paid this offseason. Probably the Dodgers. Who knows? By the way, um, the
2: numbers are down. There is a possibility you can buy low on him.
0: I would do it. He's not, not a like base, down he, from true value. Down to true a, value. Right. He's a four category player. He doesn't steal any bases, but um, still, I mean, safe for batting average and power in the Dodgers. Wednesday, Tyler O'Neill did it uh, against Philadelphia. Underrated. And, he is underrated. He's got power, that's for sure. Oh, um, he's,
2: he's by the way, one of the sneaky fast guys in baseball. If you want to look for my new uh, Avicel Garcia, it's Tyler O'Neill. He's near that magical 30 feet per second sprint, uh, stat cast sprint speed score.
0: And uh, Buxton is the first to two combo meals this season. He has only two stolen bases. So basically when he steals a base, he also hits a home run. You can count on it. There you go. Um, <laughs> moving, moving along let's talk about the relief pitchers here is tristan singing the closer carousel
2: it's the closer carousel
0: well we saw a weekend save from josh Stallman of the royals and then we saw a couple more since our last show so he's clearly the closer uh until he's not but he's so much better than greg holland and wade davis i mean you would think you know, I guess they could turn back to those old guys from the, you know, their World Series team or Scott Barlow, but to me, Josh Stallmont looks like, you know, a top twenty closer right now for fantasy. I am so happy to hear you say that. Now I want
2: to reach through and give you a big hug that you said that Josh Stallmont is better than Greg Holland. Oh well, after not- how many... Oh, we've had debates over the years about Greg Holland's no, ability. <laughs> I
0: have never said that Greg Holland is good. I've only said that the manager thinks he's good. And once, once You've the. Been, get there's been
2: time, and I've been with you. There's been times where Greg Holland is at his moments. It looks like a very distinct shift to Stalmont. The only issue I have here with it is Stalmont still has shaky control and he is yeah, fly ball market. oriented. So
0: there will be some ugly outings if it's his gig the rest of the way. And it probably won't be. <laughs> because so many teams are changing minnesota had no choice here uh May, and then in his next outing after colomay was removed from the closer role he walked and hit everybody taylor rogers has to be minnesota's closer or hanzo Robes, but i, I think it's taylor rogers right now rogers As- has been great and I, you know what i would tell people you know you could probably drop colomay i usually don't say that but like with benches and injuries and all they are i mean like colomay's not getting that job back soon is he
2: yeah. The issue in a mixed league is that he doesn't give you the requisite K's in order to keep around. There's no supporting numbers when he is not getting the save chances. He provides you no value. I was going to write in my three to add and drop column yesterday to add Rodgers and to drop column A. And I felt like, first of all, I had enough to say about the ads that it wasn't worth putting a drop part in about column A. And I couldn't make the case for Rodgers because he was rostered in too many leagues. But to me... You right now need to be all in. Rogers has the ability, if he has that job, to be a top ten guy.
0: I just don't you think? I, I feel yes, but I I feel compelled to point out a couple numbers here, which are mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. I've never seen a twenty nine percent left on base percentage for call that's Colome right now, and last year was eighty six point four, which was w- way high in the other direction. It should be like seventy five. And then his ERA is eight thirty one, his FIP is six fifty four, his BABIP is three seventy. Velocity is the same as always. Mm-hmm. Um, still getting ground balls. Yep. I mean, like he's dry guy rate's fine. He's just he, yesterday he walked people, but like he he's been unlucky bad. The kind of the way Tyler Rogers, Taylor Rogers was unlucky bad last year. It's kind of weird with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Colomay's not that bad. Okay. Yeah,
2: no, I fully agree. Look, I don't think this is the end of Colomay's 2021 fantasy value. That's the thing. So we're in the conundrum now where this could be, well, Rogers getting a month's time as closer and he's elite. But then Colomé is good enough that this is a debate again by June. I mean,
0: and, and what do you do in that situation? I, I think Minnesota uses them both. Um, Toronto's using Rafael Dolis. He's a bit of a walker. Basically, it's three true outcomes. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you could keep Merriweather, Julian Merriweather rostered, but like Dolis could keep this job or Ramonica. Like it could be any of those three at any time or Tyler Chow. I mean, it really could be any of these guys in Toronto's bullpen. Uh, Dolice has one three walk game and it changes everything. Still on the
2: under three and a half, I'm telling you. <laughs> For Chatwood, that is. But I'm with you. Yeah, the Blue, Blue Jays have three guys who are capable of handling that job. I, I mean, in terms of raw skill, when we saw Weather healthy, I'd put him a hair ahead of Romano and a hair, him a hair ahead of So East. They're all very good, though.
0: I fall asleep before Seattle's game with Houston ends on Wednesday night, and I wake up and I see the Houston one seven five, 7 5 and they got four in the eighth inning. I'm thinking, oh, no, I've got Kendall Graveman everywhere. It wasn't Graveman. It was Montero. Maybe that is the switch now, and we start start seeing some grave saves because Montero. That was a lighting. I, mean, I didn't see it, but I'm looking at the box score, and I, you can tell that's, that's how, an ugly that,
2: box score for us yeah. to look at the morning after. Yep.
0: Um, Richard, I mean, we keep talking about Richard Rodriguez, but like, I don't think we're aware just how people are aware just how do, dominant he has been. Yeah. One hit, one walk in ten and a third innings. My goodness. Yeah. Where did this come from? I mean, he was never a guy we thought would help us in ERA or whip. Really? Now. Well, oh, it wasn't two years ago. And that and he, get, he got 14 home runs two seasons ago. And I was like, oh, I don't want this guy. And then last season, it was a small sample. It's a big strikeout rate. He gave a couple homers. I thought, okay, is Richard Rodriguez somebody that you would... Like, I view Hector Naris as a 3.50 ERA. You don't want to watch Hector Naris pitch. He's going to end up the season with his saves and the 350 ERA. I kind of viewed Richard Rodriguez on the other side of Pennsylvania the same way. Now I don't. Why are we not ranking? I mean, I know why because he get traded to be the sixth inning guy for yeah. the Yankees. But like, if it doesn't get traded, like Richard Rodriguez is putting up, you know, Kirby Yates numbers from two years ago. Yeah, but the problem is the Pirates
2: this year are considerably worse a team than Yates team that year. Yeah,
0: was... I know. they're like that's if you gonna don't give ca- up any, if you don't give up any runs and you get twenty five saves, yeah, you're a top and closer. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, now. We got to point out. You, you mentioned about the about the strand rate, the left on base percentage. So you can see, and yeah, he's, well, he's not putting anybody on base to strand them. So yeah, kinda... his, his is a hundred percent. So you know, it's the opposite. And and that it's too small a sample for us to take that category too seriously. Your point's valid on column A, absolutely. To me, Rodriguez is, I actually think a better stuff pitcher today than Mark Melanson. Oh, I name a hundred relievers that are. Right, but I, I'm thinking of a guy who's eight to 10 in the rankings for fantasy. Rodriguez belongs there
0: if we could trust that the team gives him the chances and that they don't trade him. In my closer report blog on Tuesday, I compared Cesar Valdez of Baltimore to Melanson. They don't have stuff. They're ground ball guys. They don't throw hard, but they're getting outs. They're not walking anybody. If you just stop walking people, you're going to do well. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the perfect comp, but Valdez at eighty-five, you know, miles per hour. Melanson at ninety-one. Like they're not getting people out with their fastball. They're getting people out with their changeup inducing ground balls. And that's the comp I made. Um, just you know, it, it's easier if you can overpower hitters. If you can Michael Kopech hitters or Claze hitters or Graveman, like these fireballers. Valdez is a
2: little like the Tim Wakefield closer year. I think you, you, I'm trying to think of an unusual stuff yeah, guy. He yeah. throws the dead fish, and and I mean, like it's it's one of the strangest. Closer
0: arrangements to watch. Be ready to run because that, yeah. that that could easily go awry at any point.
2: It yeah. could. I mean, you know, like enjoy it while you have it. That's the ultimate juice orange saves guy.
0: Let's look at the schedule now and talk about uh, some pitchers. And I mentioned Shane McClanahan, who by, by the time you're listening to us, he's already debuted. He debuted in the playoffs last season, the first pitcher in history to have his major league debut not happen in the regular season. I think the hitters were um, Kiriloff of Minnesota and then the uh, 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 years ago, Mondesi, right? In the world series for the Royals. Um, Alberto Mondesi did as a pinch
2: hitter in the world series the, right. against the Mets. And then last year's, was it Chaz Kirilov. McCormick? Kiriloff. And Chaz McCormick, I think. Oh, too. he did too. Okay.
0: Actually, so I, I don't know if McCormick played in a game. He was on the roster. I don't think so. Um, anyway, McClanahan, what I wrote today, I mean, people should read it is that, you know, he and Patino, I have no idea, Luis Patino, if they're making 10 starts or 20 starts, or if they're in the minors, most of the year, if they're pitching in long relief, I mean, Tampa Bay could do whatever they want. They have five starters, but he, this guy, this lefty throws a hundred. He's interesting.
2: Very good fastball. He's got a decent curveball. Question is, does the changeup come along? Uh, they have, Kevin Cash made the commitment. He said that this is a promotion to stay. I also found it interesting that Patino made that start and he did not get immediately demoted. We're already up to Thursday. So yeah. three day, four days later, non-demotion.
0: It's I, very interesting. It's like David Garcia got demoted right away. And I'm like, correct, yeah. you know, baseball's rules are so arcane. But then you've got, you know, Patino sticking around. I'm like, that's a good sign. Right.
2: It's a good sign, but it also is a nightmare for somebody like me who's doing the the pitching charts. And I'll usually watch, like Will Crow, the Pirates is another example. When they're not demoted, I need to put them in as a regular rotation member because they didn't make the subsequent demotion move. And the Rays' problem now is they've got a lot of guys that can give them length, so they're structured to give you those three to four piggybacked starts, and you don't know when those games are coming. So from a, from you and I, we play in the weekly leagues, from a volume perspective, it's now a nightmare.
0: Rhyme time. Bauer versus Lauer today. One yes. Of them, one, of them, one of them's good. The other hey, is not. Joe Bauer come back to pinch hit in that game. All right. And then, and then they take a shower. Mauer, Bauer, Lauer. shower. <laughs> Lauer hour. Um, oh, will anybody get the power Bauer.
2: against Bauer?
0: <laughs> it's Thursday. It's our uh, Friday. Yeah. Um, Friday, by the way, you can catch Lance McCullers Jr. and Josh Fleming on ESPN Plus if you're not watching the NFL draft, but you're going to be watching the NFL draft. Um, I'm gonna be watching <laughs> picture, in
2: picture or put it on your laptop. <laughs>
0: um, what else? what other starting pitchers or weekend notes? Darvish pitches on uh, Friday night against the Giants. Giants are very interesting. I uh, half their offense seems to be on the injured list, including one of my leagues. Um th- that second baseman who it's for average, and then they lost uh Yastrzemski again. Uh I don't know if you have to keep these guys rostered, even Yastrimsky in an ESPN standard. I mean, yeah, had bench not bench space for you know Mike Yastrimsky. Um,
2: is not, yeah, Strump's is not going to reach that top 25 overall player level on the high end. He's the locked in roughly hundredth best player. So I'm, I'm with you there.
0: Bumgarner's first start since his no hitter. And I'm calling it one is at home against Colorado. Say bumgarner throws seven innings with two earned runs and eight strikeouts, Tristan. Yeah. Like, I don't want to overreact to his no hitter and say, we have to take him seriously now, but if he gets away with it a couple more times, then you know, we have to take it seriously. That's why you know what I'm saying.
2: We do. You you wrote about this and I saw too, added a little note in my column as well. The velocity upticked a little bit to the level that was good about four or five years ago in those past two starts. It looks like something is different. And by the way, the schedule is very favorable coming up for him. Starting in here, no doubt, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Boston on Friday night has Nate Evaldi at Kohei Arahara. Uh Evaldi, Boston's really good. Nick Pavetta outduels Jake DeGrom. At what point do we do we say Pavetta? I mean, Nice job, Phillies. Just nice job. At what point do we say Nick Pavetta is interesting? Is he interesting to you yet?
2: Yes. Not in our standard game, but yes, he's interesting outside of that group.
0: Top 70 starting pitcher now? Bumgarner Pavetta, who is more likely to break into your top 70 starting pitchers in your rankings? It have to be Pavetta, wouldn't it? I would say, yeah. The, because the
2: the way that I rank guys like this, I want the upside. The ceiling is going to reach higher for Pavetta. There's greater risk with him, but Bumgarner is kind of a you know who he is seventy five to ninety starting pitcher rank guy.
0: Saturday, Anthony DiScafani who was great in his last outing against Blake Snell, who was not. Um, Blake Snell's a little overrated, I gotta say. And, and you can, Matt, you can. Bash T- Tampa Bay's manager for the World Series, but like Blake Snell can't go six innings regularly. He just can't do it. Not he's, pitch efficient. He's not he efficient not. at all. Nope. I don't want to roster a guy like that. I mean, he's gonna end up with a 350 ERA, but but eight wins, even on a second place team, if he can't mm-hmm. go deep enough into these games. Mm-hmm. Try not to be negative, but like it, it happens every time. It's not a you know, I mean, like it's one thing when Nick Pavetta can't go six innings. Blake Snell can't do this. It's not the manager, it's him. Yeah,
2: the metrics have shown. He he allows more pitches per plate appearances than all, but I think it was three pitchers entering the year, the, the three-year span coming in.
0: I don't like the matchup for Spencer Turnbull on Saturday, but I'm watching him in deep leagues. I think there's something there. Like a 375 ERA. Turnbull could be disqualifying to me. I could see these guys breaking through with sub-4 ERAs and enough strikeouts to matter, but they're not aces. They're like your number six starter. But like a 375 ERA. Turnbull looked like that type of guy. Avoid his win-loss record in his career. It was yeah. I'll, I'll ride shotgun with you on that one. An AL version There's of Jake something yeah. there. You know? like That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And okay. Corbin at home against Miami. I mean, it better. Look, I can't drop him in labor. So I, whatever he does, I'm stuck with it. I mm-hmm. mean, our friend keeps texting me about our labor teams, and you know who I'm talking about. And like, yeah. I can't drop all these pitchers. I also have the Arizona lefty who's got dumped into the bullpen. There's nobody to add. Oh,
2: Kayla Smith. Yeah. Uh,
0: Kayla Smith. There's nobody to add. Now I might just punt ERA in that league again. Like I said, I'm somehow in third place in that league by punting ERA and WHIP. So my offense is doing great. I must have saves. I have Melanson because I knew Melanson was getting those saves, and that I did know. So like I, I, you might, I might as well just trade for Herman Marquez and John Gray, which I should
2: have, do. Do you have, by the way, um, starting pitchers on your bench? Reserve. Yeah, I have Tyler
0: Anderson, who I can't activate because I, there's nobody to drop.
2: Yeah, you need to you need to clear up a roster spot for that, and then just load up on starts if you're going
0: to punny or a. You, you're going to have to win wins, saves, and K's in that league. You're going to have to. Right. Play I can't. First place. I need saves, so I, I, I. You know, at some point we'll see what I do. Tristan McKenzie against Lancelin. So Lancelin comes off the injury list. He missed one start. He'll face Cleveland. I activate him right away. Um, don't don't fall for this Matt Harvey stuff. I I know he beat the Yankees, but come on. This is he's not De Scafani. He's not Zach Davies. Zach Davies against Luis Castillo, battle of the strugglers. Um, I hope it's not a 6-5 game in the fourth inning, but I don't know.
2: <laughs> I like, know. Castillo's got to get it together
1: here.
0: Have you seen – Kyle Kyle Hendricks worries me yeah. more than Maeda, more than Davies. The yep. home runs. He's already allowed 10 home runs in like, like how many innings? 20 innings. Yeah. That's really hard to do.
2: Yeah. And was was representative as, as much as you can of that. I mean, just
0: long ball after long ball. Well, seven against Atlanta. Yeah. Seven to the ten i been and Atlanta. Atlanta's a good offense, except for that doubleheader against Bumgarner. But like, it's just amazing to me that Kyle Hendricks's career high in in home runs allowed is twenty two in one hundred ninety nine innings, and he's already allowed ten in twenty two mm. and two thirds. And I watched that outing yesterday, and I don't I don't know what it was. Obviously, it's a little bit of command. He and Davies are not putting the ball where they want it to to go. Atlanta is a low-ball hitting team for power, and these guys are trying to put it low, and and Hendricks can't get away with that against them. But he probably can against every other team.
2: I have a suspicion on this one. It goes back to the whole Matt Cain discussion back in the past. If a pitcher doesn't have least elite swing and miss stuff, they have to be pitch perfect with their command in, in, in these outings, and Hendricks' routine was already thrown off. This is a little like the Jack Flaherty problem a year ago where once you throw the guy off his schedule at the beginning of the year, it's almost like they're beginning in a subtle way to ramp themselves back up. And that's what Hendricks looks like to me. I've seen the past two starts. He looks like he just doesn't have it. Nothing is clicking. And I think it's going to come in time, but it might take another three, four
0: starts. Do you
2: buy buy in? Is there any way in which you buy in on Kyle Hendricks? Do you buy in at like the level of a top top 55 starting
0: pitcher? Of course I do, because he's had a long history of being a top 30 starting pitcher, who we all ranked in the 2025 range. He always gets away with it. And right now, in four or five starts, he hasn't. Of course I buy low on that. Of course I do. And now you ask me in a month- Do you give up Wheeler for him? Zach? Yes. No. Do you give up
2: Dustin May for him?
0: No. I'm I'm still regarding Kyle Hendricks as a top 35 starting pitcher. If I've dropped him, I haven't dropped him that much. I haven't done my rankings since last yeah. night. So it's I'd not like, the
2: first time
0: that this has happened to Hendricks. Maybe not to this extent and not to this length. But like, if you if you ask me, okay, so I'm looking at the player radar now for starting pitchers, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to find starters who I would trade. Now, like, would I rather have Trevor Rogers? Yes. Would I rather have Aaron Savali? Yes. Rodon versus Kyle Hendricks. I'll take Kyle Hendricks there. You may not. No um, way!
2: I would actually go back to Savali before and give him up to get Hendricks.
0: I'm not a big Savali guy, though. Oh, um, well, I, I kind of view. I would rather have Hendricks. Did I say Hendricks or Savali there? I think I said you said you, said you wanted Savali over. No, no, I don't. I don't rank Savali over Hendricks. I rank them maybe similarly now. I mean, not a big strikeout guy. I so, would take. Okay, so you. I would take Hendricks over Rodon. I would still do that. I would take hmm, Hendricks over Christian Javier. Yes. Hendricks over Danny Duffy, yes. Yep. Over John Means, yes. Over Matthew Boyd, yes. Yep. Eduardo Rodriguez, maybe not, because I like what I've seen. That's a close one. It's a close Perfect. one. I, the uh,
2: Rodon one is interesting. I, I might go,
0: but I'm I'm trying to go a little all in on Rodon. You should like him more than me, because you know, I, you're seeing something that I'm not. Right. I'm, it's I'm a metrics-driven thing. Now, this is blown up
2: in my face. I've had four or five guys I've been talking about the distinctly changed metrics, Alex Cobb, and they have not really panned out at all. So I could be, this could blow up horribly in my face. Rodon versus Hendricks is a very interesting debate right now.
0: Mets and Phillies will be blowing up your TV on CNN on ESPN. The NFL draft will be over. So you have no excuse not to watch David Peterson and Zach Eflin. Um, I'm not in on Peterson. Eflin I'm in on, I've got him rostered in a bunch, bunch of places, um, but he's going to end up with like a 350-375 ERA. year He's not an ace, but this this should be a top 50 borderline starting pitcher with strikeout potential. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Javier pitches on Sunday at Tampa against Michael Waka. You don't want Waka. Um And that, by the way, might not happen because Tampa Bay's rotation is effectively TBD beyond Seven, seven starting pitchers on their active roster. Yeah. Right. Yarbrough, Ryan Yarbrough's pushed back to tomorrow, and after that, who knows? The amazing Trevor Rogers pitches on Sunday against Max Scherzer, who was not amazing in his last outing. we Are we are getting are we getting close to the point where we stop to drop Scherzer out of our top 15, 20 starting pitchers? We're not there yet. Not there yet, but the discussion. You, I'm, I am glad you've opened the discussion. That team may – that that could be a last place team. That that could be a problem. I mean, they don't have Soto, so I don't want to you know too much on them. But Miami's got really good starting pitching. I mean, Trevor Rogers is yeah. really legitimately good. Yeah, and Ian Anderson are the top a- NL rookies right now. I believe. I and just don't think they have the offense. But I see your point. Yeah, I mean Washington's offense, even with even with Soto, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically top heavy. And, you know, they're missing the, the number two starting pitchers out. And I don't know when Strasburg's coming back. And Corbin looks terrible. Scherzer could end up being the Yankees' third starter come the last day of July. Oh, wow. Oh, he would, <laughs> why would he not want to play for a I know. I just know. Now you're getting me excited here.
2: Ooh.
0: All right. Don't let's get excited about Kyle hey, coming in here. Hey, yeah.
2: I, I want to give you one last note previewing for next week on Beyond Sunday.
0: Yeah, go ahead. You're your forecaster.
2: Shohei Otani might get a two-start week for the first time. They are playing seven games, Angels. He would have two of them at home, and I believe that the matchups are Tampa Bay and the Dodgers. Are you a yes or a no?
0: I'm a no. I'm a no. I'm sorry. A, I'm skeptical he gets the two starts. Mm -hmm. And two, one is against the Dodgers. That's all I need to see. That's all I need to see. But if the first is Tampa. If the first one is Tampa. And look, I understand that. But you can't tell me Otani's not walking at least four or five Dodgers in that outing. They're going to take pitches. Yeah. Okay. No okay. team is better at taking pitches than the Dodgers. I don't care where the game's at. I'm telling you, I'm not using it. A... Otani's upside as a starting pitcher is immense, mm-hmm. but he's still walking way too many hitters. But it's a it's a very interesting debate for
2: those who have to make the decision as to where to use him because when he's pitching, he is batting in the lineup. You could actually ignore the two-start week, start him as a hitter for that week. Yeah. This this is the
0: first time we're
2: facing the Shohei the What would
0: you do? You would use him as a pitcher. This
2: is yeah. I actually would. I like the Tampa matchup, and I, I'm agree. With, I'm in agreement with you that he might lose the Dodgers one based on the way the rotation shakes out, and I'm terrified of it. But I'll go for the volume. And, and by the way, way,
0: he might have to face the Dodgers lefties as a hitter. So that's another reason you might want to not yes. use him as a hitter in a weekly. So and Tampa Good Bay point. can throw lefties too. Josh Fleming's a lefty. Mm-hmm. Um Good point which no which not there um yeah 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 which he, he, is there no you're
2: not you're not scared of lefties with Lotani. he can hit lefties
0: i mean you're not he can scared. but it's he's not as good against lefties and he's not going to steal bases against lefties so mm-hmm. there's two factors there yeah, but yeah. all right let's now we bring in kyle we have trivia and hash browns
1: i was looking at the middle infielder iso leader leaderboard we've got ryan mcmahon up there he plays in coors he doesn't really count and Trey Turner's up there after the two bombs the other night. Oh, so he let's does, He does count. He doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't what? count. He he doesn't, doesn't why count does for he my trivia. Count? Because <laughs> you, count you can, can get him. He doesn't count for my trivia. He doesn't hit the soppy qualifier, which is not playing in Cooper. You're, you're just a rival fan so,
2: hater. We get it. We get it.
1: <laughs> I have nothing against McMahon. He's just not the answer to this trivia question. I need the other two middle infielders that are top four in ISO this year other than McMahon and Trey Turner. We will circle back to that after Bundy asks a hash brown. He wants to know if it's okay to cut Glyber Torres in a standard ESPN league.
0: Well, I, I am not a big fan of Mr. Torres, but I wouldn't drop him. In a Only standard. when he
1: plays the Orioles.
0: I mean, I'm not I'm not wrong, but I mean, he could he could still fake his way to a 270 batting average and 28 home runs, so you can't drop him, Tristan. You must agree yeah. with that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely not cutting him. But you you know that he's not as good as everyone thought. Yes,
2: without a doubt. I, I do think that there is a team-wide lineup-oriented funk going on for the Yankees. They're inconsistent night-to-night. The one thing in Taurus's defense is he has made huge strides in terms of his plate discipline over the past calendar year. I'll give him that. He might be in an adjustment period, but you can't cut him. Come on.
1: Tend to agree. Dylan wants to know if you have any interest in Nico Horner. Once the Cubs infield gets healthy,
0: I like Nico Horner. I think he should be their leadoff hitter over Rizzo. And that Rizzo strikeout of Freddie Freeman was fantastic.
1: fantastic. Oh my god! Oh,
0: <laughs> on on a day of yeah. frankly embarrassing umpiring, and I could name three or four just embarrassing umpiring things. One was yeah. that Brewers game, Brewers and game, and then Girardi getting thrown out. Yeah. Uh, but. That was the highlight of the day. Rizzo striking. I don't know why I'm talking about Rizzo, but I think Nico Horner should be the leadoff hitter for the Cubs. Just leave him alone and play him at second base. I think he gets a lot of singles. I just got an email. Um, I think he can take walks. He has plate discipline, which I really like. And um, I think Nico would Nico Horner be a top 200 fantasy option? Probably not, because I think he's like a 280 hitter with like 12 home runs and four steals, but he can score runs batting leadoff. I don't. I don't think there's any power or speed there. Do you, do you?
2: Yeah, not really. I just like the the approach. Very disciplined. Good line drive stroke. Makes contact. Very high high floor. You throw 200. He'd have to be the leadoff man. He'd have to lock down the second base and leadoff job in combination to get in. But that he, group. he could
0: be Miguel Rojas, hitting for average with like double digit
2: home runs. I'm trying to. There was a player like this about four. I, I keep going back to Mark Loretta in my head. That's not
0: an ideal comp, but it's something like that. You know. No, I know exactly what you're thinking. Like, I mean, it's kind of like Miguel Rojas. It's, um, it's a guy. It's that David Fletcher type. Yeah, it's, yeah. contact, kind of like mm-hmm. but he's not going to give you any home runs or stolen bases. But if he hits two and you with seventy five runs, then he's then he's valuable. That's Nico Horner to me. Whenever I watch him play, I think of that not perfect David Fletcher comp, but something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Next. I like that. Shane wants to know what's the deal with Dom Smith and if he should panic. Nicholas had similar feelings about Tommy Pham, so we'll lump them into one question. Pham, Pham Dom Smith. Pham
0: scares me. Dom does not scare me. I love Dom. Pham scares me. And the reason it's a little bit different is Dom ain't getting benched by the Mets. They, they have to know better. Tommy Pham, there's so much talent on that San Diego offense. I mean, they could just move Cronenworth to the outfield if they wanted to. They're playing Profar out there. They're playing that the former A's guy out there. I was watching a little of that game last night. I mean, Fam, Fam takes his walks, but he's not hitting baseballs hard or in the air at all. And I think you can make, like, if you're going to drop Mike Yastrzemski because c- he's on the injury list, wouldn't you drop Fam? I mean, he's not playing every day. What is that, there with Fam? That's
2: He's not playing every day. I, I'm going through the lineups to update the forecaster stuff for next week, and I'm finding it distressing that he has sat a lot for Jureks and Profar over the past week. That's unusual. It's almost as if he's being used as the weak side platoon only against lefties, and he's batting something like seventh, which is going to kill his playing time and his counting number opportunities. He's got a streaky history more than people realize, but
0: yeah, I'm, I'm worried too. That's not a 2020 guy, whereas Dom Smith any day now is going to have a two-homer game. One to the opposite field. Dom Smith is fine. Don't worry. I'll give you
2: the geeky style of the day. Why <laughs> Dominic Smith has the second largest differential and weighted on base average and expected weighted on base average in that direction. Second worst in the majors. He's been who's, unlucky.
0: Who's number one?
2: Matt Carpenter.
0: Oh, well, I don't want him.
2: Matt Carpenter's numbers no. are really, really low. <laughs> I mean, on both ends. The weighted and the expected are way down. Way, way, way down.
0: I, I, look, I, there's a lot of hitters right now who are off to good starts. Dom Smith, uh, uh, Chapman in Oakland. I mean, like, I'm not running away from these guys. You've got to be crazy. It's April. Mm-hmm. Ask me in a month. That was, but
1: you're not, I was going to say, Ricky's not waiting a month. He's got the question. How long until you move Matt Chapman down your third base ranks? That one's for Eric specifically. Tristan's made the move a little bit already.
0: Another month. What are you concerned about? I mean, the only thing I'm concerned about Matt Chapman is they dropped him in the lineup,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that cause he was batting number two. That's far more interesting than batting five or six. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, last time I looked at Chapman's numbers, I was like, uh, okay, you know, so he doesn't have a lot of hits. People, people have a 180 hitting month all the time. Um, I mean, his strikeout strikeout is very high. I'll say that, but he also had multiple like walk games recently. I, I, before I drop him, where do you want me to drop Matt Chapman the round? Where'd you drop? You didn't drop him out of your top hundred, did you? I think I might have, but not by much. I mean, if you want to drop Matt Chapman, then you, you gotta drop like Eugenio Suarez and yep. and like guys who like in a non-Dom Smith Smith way, these guys aren't hitting. Like they're hitting and, and they deserve their low batting averages. But like I don't know. I Suarez mean I guess it, is
2: a good comp, by the way, because they're both going all out for power. They're sacrificing batting average, giving up strikeouts, and they're going for.
0: I think I think by this time next week, Suarez will be out of my top hundred, and maybe Chapman should be like seventy-five or ninety, something like that. So yeah, I probably should drop him a little bit because because he moved his lineup spot. But I still expect thirty home runs and two hundred and sixty. That's what I expect him to be for.
1: You've got Chapman at fifty-seven, Tristan at one hundred and five. Are you willing to split the difference somewhere in the mid 70s Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it should be. I think I should drop him 20, 30 spots right now. But, like, you, yeah, shouldn't, be Michael, you shouldn't be dropping. cutting little, him from
1: your team. No, no, no. The defensive, nothing else, keeps the playing time there. Michael, 12-team Roto. Michael. He wants to know if you're holding out hope on Dylan Moore or if you're going to dump him for a guy like Ben Attendee.
0: Uh I'm not dumping it for him because he's no better. Dylan Moore, sorry. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, you tell me. I'm. I mean, I'm, No, you're, you're right. right. There's <laughs> here, there here. is nothing there on Andrew Benintendi. He just. He, if you think Kevin Beasley is not hitting baseball as hard, look at Benintendi. Okay, he's he's got four steals and six attempts, which is the only reason that that people want to add him to their teams. But there's there's no power there. There just isn't. Any, Andrew Benintendi is going to slug 400.
2: If I'm not mistaken, by the way, I believe he sat the other day against a right-hander. For Hans-er Alberto. Hanser Alberto, if I could say that name right, <laughs> tells you a lot.
0: I, I think dropping Dylan Moore makes sense because I think we knew he was overrated. He's not a, a batting average guy. He can steal bases, but they, I mean, Ty France is not a, he's not going to win a gold glove at second base, but they should be playing Ty France at second base every day so they can promote Kelnick. They have plenty of outfielders. Evan White should play every day. See if he can hit, he wins a gold glove. You've got other guys in, in Seattle that, that need to be playing. Dylan Moore does not need to be playing in Seattle. Ty France does. That's all. So I I would drop. Like, if you want to drop for a second baseman, drop Dylan Moore. I mean, even Enrique Hernandez. Colton Wong's still available in half of ESPN leagues. Horner, Nico Horner's out there. Jed Lowry's going to hit 280 with 18 home runs. And he bats third for one of the best teams in the American League. He's available. Garrett Hampson will Byron run. Byron Buxton class if I ever saw one, Jed Lowry. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just think that Lowry is a little bit different because like, he basically was unhealthy for the Mets, right? I think before that, he established himself as, as a guy we could probably count on a little bit. Yeah. But to get back to the question, yeah, just dump Dylan more. but don't add Benintendi. Add someone good. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to be making some sort of tangible upgrade. I mean, I... More I, than, look, I loved Benettendi two years ago. I still loved him. There's nothing to love anymore. Yeah. None of the metrics support anything. He's, he's, this dominant an awful Brown. start.
2: And yes. he's, and, and I keep saying it, KC's not a good park for power. And that really is a path to him, you know, providing some fantasy value. He's got to improve the power. Not going to happen. Carlos Santana is going
0: to hit 25 home runs there. Benettendi is going to hit like eight. Oof. Then what is he providing you? I, I don't know. Yeah. More Santana. will end up with 14 steals and, and his name will, be, You know, get people excited. You know what the Dylan Moore story is? If Dylan
2: Moore didn't contribute double-digit steals, if he didn't have the ability to do that each year, we probably wouldn't even be talking about him.
0: He's to the steals, but Matt Carpenter is to the power. You don't need to roster these guys anymore. Well, you might need the steals, but I'm with you that... And in AL only, you need the steals, especially middle infield. But Anything deeper than our game,
2: I don't think you have the luxury of cutting him. You can't let a steals guy like that go. But in our game where there's plenty out there. Yeah, I'm with you. You threw a bunch of names.
1: All righty. Quick hitting question for each of you. One specific answer. I need quick answers. Nothing uh, nothing fancy. I won't we'll get to trivia. Eric, is it wide receiver or bust tonight for your Eagles?
0: They're going to probably take an offensive lineman and anger everybody. And I'm going to laugh the whole time.
1: Well, would that make you happy then? The anger of Philadelphia? Or do you want a receiver?
0: I want the team to do well, but most importantly, I don't want them to embarrass themselves like they did last season. But right now, all Philadelphia sports are embarrassing themselves. So, I I mean, do I want a wide receiver? Sure, it's fun, it's exciting, but I want the right wide receiver. I mean, Minnesota was laughing at us when we passed on Jefferson. So, yes, it would be great to get one of the Alabama wide receivers, but I bet they trade back and take an offensive lineman.
1: All right. And Tristan, you're a numbers guy. I want you to give me a Kentucky Derby winner. There are 20 horses in the field. I don't need a name. Just give me a number, 1 to 20. Couldn't name any of them. 1
2: to 20? Who's going to win the Kentucky Derby? Oh, who's boy. Winning?
1: I'm assuming you don't know the horses' names or odds or anything. So just a on. number, 1 to 20. It's Secretariat. I think Secretariat's going to win. Number six will win. Number six. Six is for the Tristan Cockroft, winner at the Kentucky Derby. Mark it down. Take it to the bank. That's as good a guess as any. All right, so we'll get Who back to trivia. Six. He's to have a good name. I mean, I, I will effort that as you guys guess on trivia. Ryan McMahon, Trey Turner, two of the top four middle infielders in isolated power. I want you to give me the other two on that list.
0: Tristan, you can go first. If how's, you ta, have the-
1: how's Tatis not? Tatis is not. Tatis. He's not qualified? He must not, not qualify. A... Yeah, I don't see him on the list. Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, I, my first guess is Bo Bichette.
1: Bichette. is not the right answer. He is seventh. Okay. Well, He's at 253. My two guys are 264 and 289. <sighs> What's Nick Solak's story? Yeah, I was going to say him. Nick Solak, number four. That is one of the right answers. He's at 264. Tristan Cockroft with the right answer. See, he, gives one. You Be- oh. he gives you trivia answers. He gives you winning horses, too. That's Oh Bezos is 20 to 1 out of the sixth hole. What? Who's out that- of the sixth?
0: O. Bezos. O. Bezos. Bezos. Oh, boy. Of course. Your horse, man. <laughs> Great bloodline. 20 to 1. Fuck uh, it. I was going to say Chris
1: Taylor. Hmm. Chris Taylor is not there. I don't see Chris Taylor, so he might be another qualifying situation. No, he's been healthy.
0: Uh, this is just a bad guess. Um, Solak I like, man. You know I was in on Solak a year ago, and he's finally doing it. He looks terrific.
1: He was the reason I asked uh, the question. The other guy I would have not gotten.
0: The other guy we've not. I guess it's not Steve Jeltz. Um,
2: <laughs> I do. Do you count Enrique Hernandez?
1: Let me see if How about Escobar? There we go. Pablo Pablo Escobar. Huh? He's second. Pablo Escobar. Escobar. Uh, Pablo, no. Escobar, yes.
0: (laughs) Eduardo. Eduardo Eduardo's been a surprise, right? Yeah. Did you expect this, Tristan? Like, I, I don't want to say I gave up on Eduardo Escobar, but I didn't target him anywhere. I thought, and and by the way, it's all like he's not hitting for average, okay. Like, all his hits are home runs, but he's hitting for power. He hit another one the other day against Atlanta. I don't know. I think this is a guy to be scared of, frankly. Uh, how did he have a 35 home run season? He's a, As- he's a much better player than you think. He's
2: not the player who gave the numbers he did in 2020. I did expect a rebound, but I thought it would be somewhere in the
0: midpoint. I mean, two sixty with twenty home runs. That's how I kind of think of Eduardo Escobar. That's
2: I have, fair. I have him higher on the power grade than that, but I see your point. It's not he's not the what was it thirty? How many homers
0: was it? Thirty four? Yeah, he had a ton of home runs. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like yeah. he he went thirty five one eighteen with yeah. ten triples yeah. that first year in Arizona. He's
2: like a twenty five to twenty seven homer guy. You're perfectly happy with, but doesn't carry your team. And he did do that. I remember two years ago in points leagues, he was great for me. Some
0: fantasy monster. He batted two sixty nine that year, but. I kind of view him as – he's a career 250 guy, so mm. i kind of view him that way. I recall
2: two years ago in that season, he started pretty hot, and it wasn't as great down the stretch, so.
0: I would be a little careful here. Of a couple Arizona, by the way, we called uh, Dalton Varsho. What do you think of that? Catcher eligible, can steal a base. I don't know if he's back in the minors by the weekend, but that's something interesting, at least to me.
2: Yeah, the lineup today is very important. Does he get the starts against righties in right field? Right, I called he-
0: Calhoun's on the injured list yep. again. And uh I don't know what Varsho is. I mean, he might be Benintendi. It might be eight homers and fourteen steals. But at catcher that would be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah, it would. Does he cut into the
2: Paven Smith Paven
0: Smith?
2: I like Paven Smith. I like him. I like him. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's good. But Varsho's gonna have to cut into his playing time.
0: Um yeah, and he can play center. You know a lot of it's just I I I watched Paven Smith play last night and mm-hmm. he's playing center field he's a first baseman playing center field mm-hmm. and it's like a, a lot of these Virginia hitters University of Virginia hitters just don't develop power. Hazley um, Smith I can, I'm forgetting Ryan a Zimmerman. bunch. Well, he developed power, but, not to the I
2: mean, not to the level we thought. Not to the Recent level
0: lefty hitters out of Virginia I'm wondering if it's all like the other bat. Um, who's the other dude? I know.
2: I'm thinking of the other guy too. It was right. You're thinking of some
0: somebody else like who's active now and he just didn't develop the power. We'll get to it on the next show. Yeah. This show has gone very long. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening uh, to our little show, The Fantasy Focus Baseball. We know that there, there are lots of podcasts out there for baseball. We appreciate you listening to ours. And you should also listen to the Fantasy Football uh focus show which we know you do because the numbers show it and they apparently will have a show on monday after the draft maybe a couple of them next week so listen to um our much more important friends on the fantasy focus football show and also the baseball tonight podcast is a week is a daily show uh, unlike us so listen to that podcast if you're going to listen to any three podcasts listen to our show the football show and the baseball tonight show right did i miss anything Do do you have another podcast we don't know about tristan do I <laughs> about, about putting your socks on or
2: Simpsons quotes uh, things? Yeah, putting my putting my socks on that would be a good one. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the NFL draft.